You're going to love this. Just love it. Really? Yeah. Buckle up. Ice is out the window. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I am stuck in the middle with you. Live on the broadcast on Pacifica Radio, 90.7 FM in Los Angeles. 98.7 FM in Santa and Santa Barbara. 93.7 FM in San Diego. 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. 91.7 FM KYAQ on Oregon's Central Coast. And of course, coast to coast and around the globe on KPFK.org, on the Stitcher app, on the TuneIn app, on the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn, on the Netroots Radio, on the Indie Media Weekly, and of course now on the iTunes, where we hope you'll stop by and give us a five-star rating. Glad you could join us. This is your Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly citizen investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, and muckraker here for another live hour. Oh, and all-around swell fellow, says me, uh, from bradblog.com. A big hour this afternoon. If I can't open the phones as much as I had hoped to, as much as I had planned to, you can tweet me at the Bradblog. Uh, and there, you can use any language you like. Otherwise, uh, if, if I can get to some calls uh, to discuss Oh Mighty Isis, uh, maybe I will later in the uh, in the show. Before I get to the stuff that's going to tick me and you off, however, I always like to start the show with some good news. And it's hard to find these days, but some good news uh, this afternoon. Uh, the Obamacare nightmare... Continues, 2015 Obamacare premium rates will decline in many major cities uh, next year. An early look at the cost of health insurance in 16 major cities finds that average premiums for the benchmark silver plan, the one upon which federal financial help under the Affordable Care Act uh, uh, to consumers is based, uh, will decrease slightly in 2015. The new study is from the Kaiser Family Foundation uh, which analyzes premiums in the largest cities in 15 states and the District of Columbia, where information from rate filing uh, is available. Premiums for the second lowest cost silver plan for individuals will fall by an average of 0.8% from current levels in these cities when, uh, when open enrollment begins in November, according to the study. Changes in average premiums will vary across uh, areas. They range from a decline of 15.6%, a decline of 15.6% in premium rates uh, in Denver, uh, an increase of 8.7% in Nashville, Tennessee, 
Drew Altman, Kaiser's president and CEO, says there is variation, but so far premium increases in year two of the Affordable Care Act are generally modest. Double-digit premium increases in this market were not uncommon in the past. Double-digit increases in premiums were not uncommon in the past, he says. And so uh, this uh, decrease, this average decrease in many major cities is good news, no matter how you feel about Obamacare, no matter uh, whether you're someone like me who would have far preferred a single payer system. Uh, this is good news. More people can get health care and they can get it for a cheaper rate. And by the way, this is also good news if you're a fan of single payer, because it shows that having the government in the market can keep the price down. So anyway, there's your good news. Let's move on to everything else. Uh, okay, this is a story that we have been uh, following. Can you, uh, Nadia, can you pop down my mic just a little bit? Um, this is a story that we have been covering uh, for some weeks, which all of a sudden has brand new relevance over the past week. Uh, I'm not sure even how to get into this, but let me uh, let me start it this way. I know that uh, everybody knows about what what happened this week to Ray Rice, the NFL uh, Baltimore Ravens superstar. Now, mind you, this is not a story about Ray Rice, so stick with me. Uh, but it does have to do with Ray Rice. Uh, if you don't know, of course, uh, Ray Rice uh, was seen in a video released by TMZ this week knocking out his wife in a hotel elevator in Atlantic City. Now, originally, when this had been reported back in February, before there was a video, uh, we only saw Ray Rice dragging his wife out of the elevator. We saw her that she had been out cold for some reason. We didn't know exactly what happened in that elevator. The NFL uh, suspended Ray Rice for just uh, two, uh, two games. Uh, the uh, commissioner of the NFL said, oh, yeah, I made a mistake. It should have been more. should have been six games. In any case, now the video comes out. And now America is absolutely outraged. They are furious at the NFL, understandably, justifiably. And by the way, this afternoon, the AP reports that, in fact, the NFL had that videotape three weeks ago. So America is furious at the NFL for not taking stricter action against Ray Rice immediately after it became clear that he knocked his wife out cold in that Atlantic City hotel elevator earlier this year. But what about the failure of the judicial uh, judiciary and the congressional branches so far to take any action at all in the case of federal U.S. District Judge Mark Fuller, after he beat his wife bloody in an Atlanta ho in an Atlanta hotel room just last month. Now we've talked about this story. We've been talking about Judge Fuller uh, now for a month since early August, since the police were called, since uh, his wife had to call 911. They sh the police showed up, found that uh, he had dragged her around the hotel room by her hair had struck her several times in the face. She had blood on her face. She had bruises on her legs. There was blood in the bathroom. She had told uh, 911 when she called, she said repeatedly, she asked for police to come. She asked for an ambulance. She said, quote, help me, please. Please help me. He's beating on me. And the 911 dispatcher reportedly says during the call that she can hear the judge Hitting the woman. Mind you, this is not about Ray Rice. This is about a federal judge with a lifetime appointment to the federal bench. 
A George W. Bush appointee, by the way, from Alabama. So a federal judge in Alabama beats the crap out of his wife, beats her bloody in a hotel room in Atlanta, just the way Ray Rice knocked out his wife in an elevator in Atlantic City. Now, both of these men, both Rice and Fuller, as supposedly first-time offenders, were allowed to participate in a pretrial diversion program to avoid prosecution entirely. Rice, the football player, agreed to attend domestic abuse counseling for a year. Fuller will have his arrest completely expunged, his arrest record completely expunged, after completion of a once-weekly domestic abuse counseling for just 24 weeks. Now, we talked about it on the show last week that he was hoping to get this pretrial diversion. Late last week, in fact, the prosecutors uh, struck a deal, a plea agreement, which will make his arrest go away, which will expunge his record entirely, this federal judge, once he completes this, uh, this 24-week program. Mind you, he's not checking in for treatment. He's checking in once a week for about an hour uh, with a counselor over this. And after that, he will go back to his job, his arrest record. It will be as if it never happened. He will go back to sitting in judgment of people for the rest of his life under a lifetime appointment, making $200,000 a year unless Congress impeaches this judge, because that's the only way we can get rid of him. Now, he showed uh, Fuller, Judge Fuller, showed very little remorse in his uh, statement after striking the plea deal last week. He said that he looks forward uh, to getting back to work, to getting returning to full active status in the Middle District of Alabama, where not very long ago, this same judge, Mark Fuller, a Republican appointee, a former client of Karl Rove's, a former uh, executive director of the Atlanta, I'm sorry, of the uh, Alabama GOP, one who had no prosecutorial uh, experience, no judicial experience, I should say, before he was appointed to the federal bench by George W. Bush, where that judge sat in judgment of former Democratic governor Don Siegelman and sent him off to prison for six and a half years for something that 113 bipartisan uh, former state uh, attorneys general say was never a crime in this country ever until Governor Don Siegelman was charged with it in a cabal put together by Karl Rove. They claimed it was some form of uh, bribery where he never received any personal uh, enrichment. It's a ridiculous case. That's why 113 uh, bipartisan former attorneys general have uh, said this is crazy. Don Siegelman should not be in jail. And yet federal judge Mark Fuller, the wife beater, sent him there for six and a half years. And after Siegelman was found guilty, instead of allowing him to go free uh, pending appeal in the case, Mark Fuller ordered Governor Don Siegelman, this very popular Southern Democratic governor, and God forbid we should have a popular Southern Democratic governor back in the 90s as Clinton was leaving office 
God forbid we should have a you know a governor of Alabama who was very popular who could uh, potentially go on to become president. He had to be done away with, and he was. But instead of sending him home pending appeal, he ordered uh, Judge Fuller, wife-beater Judge Fuller, ordered uh, Siegelman shackled in leg irons and handcuffs and shuffled off to prison that day, that day then and there. Contrast that, by the way, uh, with Governor Bob McDonald, the Republican from uh, from Virginia, who last week was found guilty on 11 felony counts. He's home. Uh, he'll be home for the next uh, three months or so, enjoying life before he has to show up for sentencing in January. But no, not the uh, Democratic governor, Don Siegelman. So, yes, I have a dog in this hunt. Yes, I'm really ticked off at Judge Mark Fuller, federal judge Mark Fuller. But the fact of the matter is, this judge should have never been on the case. This judge uh, should have recused himself from the case. He had a longstanding grudge with uh, Don Siegelman. I'm not going to go into uh, all of those details. You can read about them at bradblog.com. But this guy is a bad seed. So I'm just being open about my, my bias here. That said... Uh, when Ray Rice of the NFL was given a slap on the wrist, uh, several governors, I'm sorry, uh, several senators sent letters to the NFL. They were furious about it, justifiably so. They sent letters, uh, let's see here, uh, Chris Murphy, uh, Senators Chris Murphy and Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin. They wrote to NFL Commissioner Roger, Roger Goodell decrying the league's, quote, disturbingly lenient, even cavalier attitude towards violence against women. Because remember, Ray Rice got off the hook with his pretrial diversion. He was able to get counseling for a year. And then the NFL just suspended him for two games. Then the video came out this week and America blew up. Keith Olbermann uh, raged that Atlantic, uh, Atlantic County, uh, New Jersey District, Attorney, uh, uh, District Attorney's Office, the Baltimore Ravens, the NFL, Commissioner Goodell, that they have, quote, made a mockery of the process by which those who batter those they claim to love are brought to justice. Vice President Joe Biden said that the NFL did the right thing and finally uh, in response to the, quote, brutal attack by Rice. The White House issued a statement calling Rice's actions contemptible and unacceptable in a civilized society. Quote, hitting a woman is not something a real man does, says the White House statement, and that's true whether or not an act of violence happens in the public eye or far too often behind closed doors. Stopping domestic violence is something that's bigger than football, the White House statement said, and all of us have a responsibility to put a stop to it. Well, I agree that we do. So where is the statement from the senators about a federal judge who beat the crap out of his wife in an Atlanta in an Atlanta hotel room, beat her bloody. And is getting off the hook with a slap on the not even a slap on the wrist, 24 weeks of checking into a domestic counselor once a week and then going back to his lifetime job as a judge sitting in judgment of others for two hundred thousand dollars a year. Where is the outrage from the senators? Where is the outrage from the vice president, from the president of the United States, who says that hitting a woman is not something a real man does, and that's true whether or not an act of violence happens in the public eye or far too often behind closed doors? Yes, we have no videotape of Judge Fuller beating his wife, but he doesn't appear to be contesting it. He is uh, copping a deal.
The 911 dispatcher says she could hear the wife being hit. The wife was begging, pleading. The police came over, saw the blood on her face, saw the blood on the bathtub, saw the uh, hair, all her hair all over the room. Oh, and by the way, Judge Mark Fuller, the wife beater, is not a first time offender. At least not according to what we know from his uh, divorce documents just two years ago with his first wife who claimed that he struck her, that he struck the children, that he was uh, uh, addicted to prescription drugs, that he was an alcoholic. Now, we don't know what uh, Mark Fuller's response was in that divorce, because for some reason, against the wishes of that first wife, those divorce papers have been sealed. We have only uh, a few documents like the request for admissions where the wife asks him, uh, do you admit or deny that you beat your uh, uh, wife? Do you admit or deny that you had intercourse with your uh, court bailiff? You know, stuff like that. The responses we don't get to see because for some reason, another judge did a solid for Mark uh, Fuller and shut those uh, shut those documents away entirely. But there is good evidence that Mark Fuller is not a first time wife beater. So where is the outrage and why is there no? Is it because uh, we don't have a videotape? Is that what it requires? And how about the media? Where is the media raising holy hell about this? Now, the editorial board at the uh, Alabama Media Group, which is a consortium of uh, Fuller's home state newspapers, uh, has called for Fuller's resignation twice since this happened. One of its columnists called for his impeachment, comparing Fuller, uh, the Fuller case to Rice's and damning the Atlanta prosecutor for allowing Fuller to cop a deal, quote, like the whole wife beating thing Never happened at all. Esquire's Charlie Pierce earlier this week wrote a tale of two thugs comparing Ray Rice to federal judge Mark Fuller. And last night, uh, late last night, CNN legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin penned a column charging the quote, the prosecutors failed in Atlantic City and Atlanta by letting both Rice and Fuller off the hook with pretrial diversions rather than the prosecution for domestic abuse that they both deserved. Well, Ray Rice is paying a price. He has been suspended indefinitely by the NFL. Mark Fuller, so far, is paying no price. Now, I've uh, touched base with some folks in Congress where any impeachment against this federal judge must start. Uh, I spoke with someone in uh, uh, John Conyers' uh, office. He was the uh, he is the ranking Democrat on the House Judiciary Committee, where any impeachment would uh, would necessarily need to start in Congress. Um, and uh, the spokesperson told me that their their past practices would be uh, that the next step would be from the Judicial Conference to consider proceedings, and then they send a recommendation to the Judiciary Committee based on their review. Now, the Judicial Conference is essentially the administrative body of the federal U.S. court system. So I'm trying to get comment from the Judicial Conference to find out where the hell they are, what they plan to do. Do they plan to ask the Judiciary Committee uh, to impeach a federal judge who beat his wife bloody in an Atlanta hotel room? Is that what they plan? I don't know. I'm trying to get comment. So far, not having much luck. I've also tried to get through to... uh, 
uh, Republican uh, Sensenbrenner, Congressman Sensenbrenner, also a senior member of the Judiciary Committee. Uh, Sensenbrenner has presided over many judicial impeachment investigations over the years, some successful, some not. Some led to uh, the resignation of the judge rather than the judge uh, being willing to fight through a trial in the Senate. So far, I've not heard back from Sensenbrenner. So all I can do is come out on the air, is come out on the most powerful transmitter west of the Mississippi, and let you people know what the hell is going on and point you first to bradblog.com, where you can get the details on all of this, uh, all of this stuff I'm covering. All of the information, of course, what Fuller did to Siegelman, but most importantly, what for now, what Fuller did to his wife. Both of them, apparently. Oh, and by the way, the reason uh, purportedly for the uh, beating the crap out of the out of the second wife by uh, Judge Mark Fuller uh, was because she uh, (laughs) she accused the, the judge of having an affair with his law clerk. Mind you. She was the one reportedly having an affair with the judge uh, the first time, uh, during the first wife, when she was the court bailiff. So, yes, uh, this judge has a pattern. Anyway, all I can do uh, for now is let you know, is let you know what's going on, is point you to the information. You can get it all at bradblog.com. I've written now, I think, uh, four different stories on this affair alone just since just over the past month. You can ask Congress, you can ask your uh, member of Congress, will they impeach Judge Mark Fuller, U.S. federal judge from uh, Alabama? Will they take action or will they only pretend that they're upset about domestic abuse when it's some guy in the NFL and when they've got a videotape from TMZ to uh, to underscore it? Do they really give a damn about domestic abuse? Does the White House really give a damn about domestic uh, abuse? Where is his statement on Judge Fuller? Or does Judge Fuller just deserve, you know, it's the first time everybody strikes their wives multiple times after dragging them around a hotel room and making them uh, uh, bloody enough to leave blood around the hotel. Everyone does that. Why should there be any accountability? Let the guy go have some counseling and then return to his lifetime appointment as a federal judge. Because as, as of now, that's where this thing is going. That's where Mark Fuller is going. And even while all of this is working out, even while he has uh, struck this uh, plea deal with the prosecutor in Atlanta, uh, he's still collecting his federal salary. Uh, his cases have, for the moment, been reassigned to others, but he's still collecting his federal $200,000 a year salary. Ray Rice in the NFL is not, as far as I know. John Archibald writing about this, one of the few people to write about this and compare it to the NFL case, uh, writing for the Alabama media group, said uh, we need to take action because if the NFL and the Baltimore Ravens can make a statement about domestic violence, so can the courts and the United States government. Fuller shouldn't get the opportunity to quit He needs to be impeached. We should demand it. He is, after all, wearing our colors. 
We will continue to follow this story on the Bradcast and at bradblog.com. I will continue to try to get statements and information on this case because otherwise it just goes away. Otherwise, Mark Fuller just gets away with it and gets to pass judgment on others while his arrest record completely disappears. Not going to let it happen. Sorry, Judge Fuller. Yeah, we're going to keep our eyes on you. Yes, I will. This is your Bradcast. We're going to take a quick break here and come back with much more straight ahead. I've got a a bunch of election news I hope to get to, but also, oh, mighty ISIS. President speaking tonight. Uh, So maybe we'll open up the phones. What should he do? Not what will he do. What should he do? 818-985-5735. What would you do if you were president about Oh Mighty Isis. You're listening to the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Stay tuned. Standing up live at the gates of hell, this is your broadcast on KPFK Pacifica Radio and other great media outlets from coast to coast and around the globe. I'm Brad Friedman of bradblog.com. Speaking of the gates of hell, that's where Joe Biden uh, said the uh, administration will be chasing the uh, ISIS uh, terrorists. We, uh, we will be hearing tonight... Uh, in a speech, so I don't want to get into uh, too many details about what we think the president will do, but uh, President Obama is set to address the nation during a primetime speech. I am more interested in what you think we should do, if anything, about ISIS. Uh, Right now, uh, according to an NBC Wall Street Journal poll, 61% of Americans support airstrikes against ISIS targets in Iraq and Syria. They believe it is, quote, in the nation's interest. Just 13 percent do not believe military action against ISIS is in U.S. interest. Twenty four percent currently don't know. Forty uh, percent say U.S. military action should be limited to airstrikes. Thirty four percent say intervention should include both airstrikes and American ground troops, while 15 percent say no military action should be taken whatever. Uh, whatsoever. So what do you think? Our phone number is 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. What would you do if you were president right now, today? What should we do as a country in Iraq, in Syria, across the globe concerning ISIS? Should we do anything at all? Is it in our national interests? 
I think nobody disputes the uh, the notion that these guys are uh, the, they're, they're vicious, they're terrorists, they're terrible people. They recently beheaded two journalists. Uh, nobody much likes them. Even Al-Qaeda doesn't like them. Uh, but is it any of our damn business to do anything about it? 818-985-5735. If you'd like to let me know the answer to that question, I'd like to hear it. 818-985-KPFK. Uh, the Associated Press is reporting late this afternoon that the Islamic State, uh, that the Islamic State Group, otherwise known as ISIS or ISIL, is often described as the most fearsome jihadi outfit of all, a global menace outweighing al-Qaeda, with armies trembling before its advance. But while the group has been successful at seizing parts of Iraq and Syria, it is no unstoppable juggernaut, juggernaut, says AP. Lacking the major weaponry of an established military, it wields outsized influence through the fanaticism of a hardcore of several thousand capitalizing on divisions among its rivals and disseminating terrifying videos on social media. The president is outlining plans Wednesday for an expanded military and political effort to combat the group in Syria and Iraq, ushering in what is likely to be a long-term engagement by the U.S. and its allies to destroy the militants in those countries. It's useful to remember, though, that while it is uh, a formidable force that controls roughly a third of Iraq and Syria, there has also been an inclination to exaggerate the group's capabilities. The story goes on uh, to say that, uh, uh, yeah, these guys are bad guys. Yeah, they're creeps. Yeah, they're violent. Uh, but in fact, they are far outnumbered uh, by other uh, folks in the region. The Iraq uh, military and police force are estimated at over one million whereas ISIS is about 20,000. The Syrian army is estimated at 300,000. There are believed to be more than 100,000 Syrian rebels, including the al-Qaeda-linked uh, uh, Nusra Front and powerful Islamic Front rebel uh, umbrella groups currently fighting against ISIS in Syria. Tens of thousands of Kurdish Peshmerga forces are fighting the group in Iraq. So what the hell are we going over there for? Or are we? Or should we be? Uh, that's the question for you. 818-985-5735. Uh, let's go to uh, Mark in Sherman Oaks. Hey, Mark, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, welcome. Great show as usual. Thank you, sir. Uh, okay, what I want to tell you is that I'm a pacifist. I'm not Jewish. I'm anti-Zionist. But you cannot not link. You, you, cannot, you cannot what? You cannot be so. You cannot take, talk lightly about ISIS without linking to what happened with Islam in the Western Europe. All right, you have to be there. You have to live in Western Europe to understand. The, okay, Mark. Mark, that's fine. But what I want to know is, what should we do? I don't want a history currently of, of ISIS or of, of uh, right, what America is doing. What should we do? What action should we take, Mark? No, no. No bombing, no targeted bombing, but several weeks of carpet bombing. And that's the only solution. That's the only solution that worked with young Arab men. Remember Berlin in 1945. Uh, okay. Berlin, all right? That's all there is to do. Okay. We, we, should, we, should, right? we should carpet bomb, and, and that's going to solve the problem. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, yes, okay. Yes. Thank you, Sherry. Uh, thank you, Mark. I, I appreciate it. Let me go to uh, Sherry. Uh, hey, Sherry, how should we uh, save the world concerning ISIS? 
Well, for one, we haven't finished paying for the last mistake war we made. Mm -hmm. If the Emirates and Qatar want to pay us as mercenary soldiers to go in, but I don't think we should put another dime inside to head for any war. If the Emirates want to pay us to take care of things, if they think if they think they're on our side, they should help us out. Otherwise, we should uh, let o ISIS uh, potentially overrun the region, overrun Iraq, overrun uh, uh, Syria, take over the oil fields. Uh, we should allow them uh, to do anything they want, go all the way to uh, to Israel, to Palestine, to Iran. We, we should do only nothing. Well, Pal I mean, for me, Israel has got to exist. There are so many, you know, I don't know what to do about it, but I don't think we should put in one more dime to do it. Okay. Let You know, if they want us to protect them, let us buy our, 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 our let us pay us. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate your thoughts, uh, Sherry. Let me go. Oh, and by the way, I, I have I forgot to tease uh, Desi Doyen, as usual, will be joining us a little bit later in the show for the Green News Report. Uh, speaking of the, uh, the area, historic flooding in Pakistan, in India and oh, yes, in Arizona and Nevada uh, and much more on the Green News Report coming up at 818-985-5735. Oh, what about ISIS? Dan in Los Angeles, uh, what would you do if you were president of the United States today, Dan? I would go to the United Nations. And? And work through the United Nations. They, the United Nations want to control ISIS, and so that's the right forum. Okay, so we go to the United. Okay, we go to the United Nations, and what do we what what do we say to the United Nations? What do we want to do with the United Nations? Well, the United Nations has uh, has military. Uh, they can put together military forces. They can bring it into this in a way that's better for the world instead of just making it worse. Okay, but you've got no specific plans on what, other than the United Nations, we should do it along with the United Nations. Uh, no specific no, I think plans. We should do it through. Through the United Nations. Okay, okay, but you, we should do it, but you don't know what it is yet, right? Well, I don't. I don't know what what the other member states are willing to do. Okay, I think it's, it's the unilateral action on the part of the United States that has created the mess and created ISIS. Okay. So the the, the the issue is to stop unilateral action. Very good. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. Uh, for the record, it looks like. Uh, as John Stewart said, uh, we're getting the band back together. All of the uh, the folks from the Iraq War, uh, the Coalition of the Willing, you know, France, uh, it, it, Italy, uh, Great Britain, Australia, Turkey, and so forth, uh, are are going to be buying into whatever the plan will be if we move forward uh, with a plan. Uh, currently, it looks like uh, Obama is going to be asking Congress for authority to train and arm moderate rebels in Syria to fight ISIS. What could possibly go wrong with that plan? Uh, oh, here's what could go wrong. Uh, the, the, apparently, the weapons that ISIS is currently using all say property of the United States on them. They're weapons that we already gave to the region, whether they were moderates in Syria, whether they were the army in Iraq. So that could go wrong. Not that I know the answer uh, to this problem. Uh, let me take a few more calls. 818-985-5735. This is Brad Friedman. You're listening to the Bradcast. Let's go to uh, Bob in Huntington Beach. Hey, Bob, welcome. Hey, Brad. How are you doing? I'm okay. What's what's the plan, sir? How do we proceed? I, I think the plan is, since he's using the uh, two beheadings of the Americans as his uh, reason for going over there, his main reason for getting support to go over there, why don't we show the uh, video of 
the bombs with the devastation that our bombs dropped over there to those people. Show the body parts. If there's any body parts left, show that to the, to the national television show. Okay, I, and, 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 and yes, I understand that uh, the national media is helping to beat the drums for war. I completely understand that. I condemn, that for, uh, condemn them for that. Uh, as usual, but I'm asking you and the callers, Bob, what should we do about ISIS? I, I think that I think that would show right there. What we do with ISIS. We should keep our nose out of everybody else's business. We we get involved in it, and we and we bring them to the point that they're at right now. We cause so much instability in the east. Not just the east. Any place we go, we cause instability. So we should we should we should not do anything, uh, no matter who overruns uh, the region. Correct. Correct. For the time being, yeah. Let, okay. let things well, you know, lie where they may. It uh, we we caused we caused a lot of this over there. If not everything over there, and now now the region's suffering for it. We haven't suffered anything at all. What have we What have we lost? A few lives, few American lives. When we're the ones that created everything, uh, let 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 the peace lie where they may. Okay, Bob. Oh, you know, uh, thanks, Bob. I, I I do appreciate uh, the call. Uh, let's go to Jack in. Altadena, where they have uh, delicious uh, dairy products. Hey, Jack, welcome to the broadcast. Thanks a lot. Um, if I were the president of the United States, I'd call the bodies and say, hey, you better get ready to fight this guy with all that hard work you got from us. I'm, tr- uh, I'm, I'm having trouble hearing you. Uh, Nadia, pot him up a little bit more. What, uh, say that again, please, Jack. Well, if I were the president, I would call the Saudis and tell them they better get ready to fight these guys. They've got a lot of hardware from us to do it with. And uh, they should be able to get some help from their boys in Egypt, who also are very heavily armed, mm-hmm. thanks to the USA. So let uh, so your suggestion is, U.S. stays out of it, let Saudi Arabia and Egypt invade Iraq and Syria and go after ISIS in both of those countries? I think they better get ready to fight them someplace. Maybe, at, you know... You know, or or wait for them to come into Saudi Arabia. Yeah, you know, I, I yeah, I hear you, and I, I hear obviously uh, get ready to fight them. But uh, thanks, Jack. I, I appreciate the thoughts. I, I, obviously, they need to get ready. The question is, for what? What should they do? What should we do? Uh, it's it's easy to criticize the president. I'm sure I will be doing so. Um. The question is, what should we be doing, if anything? And I'm, so far, I'm not hearing an answer other than let's just stay out completely. And maybe we should. Maybe we should stay out completely. But then I think we do have to answer the question, OK, if we stay out completely, if ISIS uh, overruns the region, takes over Iraq, takes over Syria, takes over Iran, takes over the oil fields, do we still just sit back and do nothing? Maybe we do. I don't know. That's why I want to hear from you. Phil in Oxnard. Welcome, sir, to the broadcast. Uh, thanks, Brad. Just wanted to make a suggestion. Yeah. Uh, we should use creative diplomacy. We should find out. There's nothing monolithic in the Middle East, having lived there for several years. I know that for, uh, for practice. Uh, so we need to find the divisions within ISIS. The different factions, there's already uh, talk of fighting within the coalition. So we need to find out uh, who the leaders are, uh, who their external supporters are. We need to uh, induce, bribe, uh, pressure the uh, supporters and the factions to split up. 
Um, this isn't rocket science. It's something that creative diplomacy is always supposed to be doing, and I don't know why John Kerry isn't doing it. Uh, is he supposed to? How do you how do you do diplomacy uh, with ISIS? What kind of deal would you possibly be cutting with them? Or are you talking well, about ISIS with other people? External, as external supporters, uh, they are, they're giving them money. They're giving them aid. Uh, uh, the Gulf is doing it. Uh, Saudi Arabia is doing it uh, surreptitiously. There are people in Saudi Arabia, but the point is, is that they ISIS is not a monolithic unit. It's it's divided up. So we need to find out how to get into the network, and I'm sure our our intelligence can tell us that. It's it's not, you know, it's, uh, you can read foreign policy every day, and they'll tell you all sorts of things about ISIS that's not being reported. But uh, I'm sure the CIA or whoever has all sorts of ways of, of finding out. Plus, we have to go to their uh, – Russia is an important player in this. Uh, like uh, your, your, your readers or your listeners are saying, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, the Gulf states. So, Phil, what you're uh, saying is if, if we can talk to uh, the people who, who you believe are supporting uh, ISIS, if we can hold them – uh, you know, hold them up and say, uh, you know, don't do it. Stop supporting these guys. That they can essentially be starved out. That uh, ISIS will well, we essentially wither away. We can also split them off. We can find factions within the group, offer them a better deal. Um, there's all sorts hmm. of ways. I mean, divide and rule, Brad. It's okay. an old, an old tested technique. Yeah, no, I hear you. I just don't know if it would be enough for them uh, to, to make them go away. Uh, but well, we I appreciate... haven't tried it, have we? I don't know. I actually, I really don't know. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I appreciate the call, Phil. Uh, thank you very much. Um, AP's uh, breaking news here this hour. Obama is to say tonight that U.S. will use airstrikes to take out ISIS fighters, Islamic State fighters, quote, wherever they exist. Uh, lots of people want to get in on this, so uh, let me get uh, back to some more phones. Elaine in uh, Elisa Viejo. Welcome to the broadcast, Elaine. Hi, Brad. Hi. Um, what do we do? This is, well, what do we do? Um, it, I, I just don't, I feel that we have no business at all uh, being there. This is all ginned up with the military, if you will, the complex. Mm-hmm. And and it, it's just asinine, and that. So it's ginned up, meaning ISIS uh, doesn't exist, or it's not the threat oh, that the media they, is making. They, they, well, I I still think it's it's overblown. Um, okay. Well, they have. So there there's two photos of of beheadings, but. Many horrible things. Uh, we still have Guantanamo. I, I don't see uh, how that this is the biggest thing going on. Okay. And my other oddball thing, yeah. I would say, what about um, initiating um, the draft so that uh, the members of Congress's um, Kids might like to go over and participate. I hear you. I have always, I've always been in favor of that. I think we're much less likely yeah. to start wars uh, if that was the case. Thanks, Elaine. I, yeah. I appreciate okay. it. Uh, let me get the phones are totally jammed, so I'm going to try to get to as many as I can here. Uh, Ken in Downey, welcome to the broadcast. What should we do, Ken? 
I think that we need to go in. I, I hate to say it, but we need to go in with overwhelming force, old school style, roll in, take over the entire region, and then put in strong uh, governments, strong nations. The problem is Ken didn't wait. Wait, hang on a sec, Ken. Didn't didn't we wait, do? Wait, did, wait oh, I'll give you a chance. I'll get Ken. I'll give you a chance. I'll give you a chance. Uh, didn't we do that 10 years ago in 2003? Didn't we go in with overwhelming force, with shock and awe, with take over the government, with put in a, a strong government? Isn't that how we got here, Ken? No, no, that is not how we got here. We, oh. we, we pussyfooted around and played a little bit here, a little bit there. We had this Arab, Arab Spring thing that came after that, and now we've got instability all over the place. What we have now is a situation is it's like trying to kill roaches with the the heel of a shoe. Every time you turn the lights on, they scatter. So we were not tough enough during the Bush years when we took over two different countries, Iraq and Afghanistan. We were not tough enough. We pussyfooted around. We should have done more is what you're saying, right, Ken? We never took them over. We never took them over. we didn't take them over. We took over everything. Well, we lost the four thousand uh, uh, men and women over there alone, just U.S. troops. What? And, and I, I, listen, I don't, I don't, I don't want it either. But four thousand is nothing. We lost fifty-eight thousand in Vietnam. All right. How, okay? how, how, Ken? How old are you, by the way? I'm, I'm fifty-three. Fifty-three. So you're you're too old to serve, but you must have already served this nation, right? I, uh, no, no, no. I never served. I was too young for Vietnam. I see. I, I, I wouldn't have gone anyway. I am, I, to tell you the yeah. truth, I am anti-war. Yeah, oh, I can tell. To, yeah. But, but if we're going to sort this thing out, the, the, the only other thing is to walk away and let everybody just kill each other for 100 years. And we've, we had that in Europe. All right. And it ended in World War War One and World War Two, and basically we're looking at World War Three. And the question is, are we going to wait for it to happen? Or we're going to bring it on and just go ahead and and have it out. Thanks, Ken. I do appreciate your call. Uh, we need to get to the green news shortly, but let me see if I can get in very quickly. Uh, if you make your comments as short as possible, uh, one or two more before we go to Desi Doyen. Uh, Ladi in Menifee, California, wherever that may be. Hey, Ladi, what's up? Hey, how's it going, man? No, I was just, uh, um, that was funny, by the way. Uh, Ken was hilarious. But no, I just uh, was, uh, um, why don't we send in, this is a very simple solution, why don't we send in our biggest weapon, and that is Israel. They're experts at killing Middle Easterns. Why don't we just, I mean, I'm, I'm against war, but I'm just saying, like, if we have to go in at all, we might as well just send in someone that's an expert at it. Send, send in Israel to Syria and to Iraq. Exactly. Yeah, they have all the weapons. They have, yeah. I mean, we fund them all the time. I mean, right. why not do yeah. our dirty work and help us out for, I mean, do, do good for once, you know? Well, yeah, I, no, I, what, could, what could possibly go wrong? Thanks, uh, Lottie. Uh, I, I appreciate the call. And, and by the way, uh, and I'm not going to get get to everyone, unfortunately, because uh, the phones are uh, lit up like crazy here. Uh, but a lot of folks are saying the same thing. We armed Israel. Let them do it. Israel should get involved. Now, I'm not sure, you know, sending this tiny little country that is despised across the entirety of the Middle East, uh, sending them in to all of these countries to face all these uh, Muslims uh, and Arabs is particularly smart. I don't see that ending particularly well. 
Uh, but I know a lot of people seem to uh, seem to feel that way. All right, uh, boy, I, I could I would love to continue talking about this. Unfortunately, I'm afraid we're going to have to pick it up uh, next week because we've got to get to some green news report. Hey, Desi Doyen, did you uh, wish we could stop the world when those phones were ringing and you were trying to answer uh, about a hundred people coming in? Yeah, it was. A, it's great. I have to say, it's really wonderful to see everybody out there trying to use their public airwaves to let their opinion be known on what we should do. Uh, indeed, and I wish we could uh, let more of them get through to the uh, public airwaves. I know, airwaves. great calls on hold. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, and um, well, I would say this because uh, I. I, I always love to get to the phones. I always love to get more people, uh, more voices on the, and especially, you know, 10 years, 11 years after we did the same exercise uh, to go into Iraq. And uh, we heard very few voices on the air who were against the administration. So I'm delighted to hear uh, uh, from a bunch of people who are saying, no, not this time, ain't falling for it. Uh, That is true whether they are right or not. On the other hand, one of the reasons that all of these polls are, are showing America in support of going up against ISIS is because of the drumbeat in the media. Because they're covering, you know, the beheadings over and over again. You know, frankly, I say ignore these jerks. Stop giving them the publicity. Stop showing those photos, uh, those videos of those beheadings. This is what those guys want. This is what ISIS wants. We are playing into their hands again. We need to stop. At the same time, there's some very serious stuff going on that is not being reported. Yes. Which has to do with why I bring you on this show every week uh, to talk about uh, the green news. Oh, I thought you wanted to talk about the iPhone 6 coming out because we know that's really important. Well, that's what I meant to say. Yes. Yeah, that, that's true. There is. A, you know, and yesterday uh, when they announced the iPhone 6, all of these newspapers, media outlets who complain about native advertising, you know, where these businesses buy articles to make it look like they were giving them native. They were running <laughs> live. Apple's uh, announcement. I know they were treating it like the Super Bowl. And meantime, you know, and we're going to report this in tomorrow, in in Thursday's Green News report, we're going to report about how the U.N. on the same day came out with a new report saying that carbon dioxide emissions levels have increased at the fastest rate on record. Were they running a live videotape, live streams of that announcement? No, they were not. Imagine that. All right, Desi Doyen, uh, let's, let's do it here. Our latest Green News report. This is a disaster that doesn't respect borders. Catastrophic flooding in Pakistan and India. They got on top of the card because the water is so high here. Historic flooding in Phoenix, Arizona. The data is unforgiving, no matter what the deniers try to assert. Hillary Clinton says global warming is both a crisis and an opportunity. Plus... We took a stand here today, and uh, case by case, incident by incident, we will continue to take a stand. A win for the lobster boat blockade and climate action. All of those wins and more straight ahead. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Sea levels are rising, ice caps are melting, storms, droughts, and wildfires are wreaking havoc. What's that all about? It's about climate change, you unmitigated Fox News jackass. Get the hell out of your fossil-fueled bubble once in a while and find out what the hell is going on in the world. This is your Green News Report. I'm gonna soak up the sun. 
Okay, Desi Doyen, never mind Fox News and their chronic denialism. We've got historic deluges uh, on all sides of the world today in Pakistan and India, back home here in Phoenix, Arizona. And Nevada. To quote Bill Hemmer of Fox News. What's that all about? Well, that would be about global warming, turbocharging extreme weather. In the Kashmir region, shared by Pakistan and India, biblical rains have again triggered massive flash floods that have killed nearly 500 people, reports the BBC. This is just one of several bridges that have been washed away. All the key highways in the state, especially those that are connecting the northern and southern parts, have been snapped, making it much harder for rescue teams try and reach those in need. This is the fifth straight year of devastating monsoons and floods in Pakistan. I don't know if you remember the biblical floods in Pakistan in 2010 that covered a fifth of the country. Well, every single year since then has landed in the top five most expensive flood disasters in Pakistan history. In India, the incidents of heavy deluges have more than doubled since the 1950s. Meanwhile, back here in the U.S., a state of emergency declared in Phoenix. Canals were flooded and neighborhoods were evacuated. They're starting to help people who are stranded here. Many of them who've lived here for years, they have never seen the I-10 this bad in their lives. On Monday, a season's worth of rain fell in just a few hours, smashing the record for the wettest day in Phoenix history, overwhelming the city's flood infrastructure. Two people were killed as flash floods inundated the city. Dozens had to be rescued from flooded freeways. And it's the second time in three weeks that this kind of deluge has occurred. I might suggest it's the third time we were in Phoenix earlier this summer, had an unbelievable deluge, and I talked to people who had been there for decades, and they too said they had never seen anything like this. So maybe a good time to buy beachfront property in the desert of Phoenix? Global warming was the key to former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's keynote address at the annual National Clean Energy Summit in Las Vegas. This is the most consequential urgent, sweeping collection of challenges we face as a nation and a world. Sea levels are rising, ice caps are melting, storms, droughts, and wildfires are wreaking havoc. 13 of the top 14 warmest years have all come since 2000. So the threat is real, but so is the opportunity. What's that all about? (laughs) Well, for Secretary Clinton, it's about clean energy. She said the answer is for the U.S. to become a superpower again. Because if we come together to make the hard choices, the smart investments in infrastructure, technology, and environmental protection, America can be the clean energy superpower for the 21st century. Clinton covered a lot of important ground on how the U.S. can win the global clean energy race, but she didn't mention the controversial Keystone XL pipeline or whether she, if she became president, would approve it. Meanwhile, Republican Senator from Kentucky Rand Paul, a potential Republican presidential candidate, told Fox News that Secretary Clinton doesn't have the wisdom to be president. I don't think we really want a commander-in-chief who's battling climate change instead of terrorism. Really, Rand Paul? That sounds like a great idea to me. Wish we had one now, as a matter of fact. Finally, in Massachusetts, two men facing prison for civil disobedience for using their lobster boat to block a massive coal shipment one day back in May of 2013 Well, the men of the lobster boat blockade planned to use what's called the necessity defense, arguing they had no choice but to break the law to prevent a greater harm from being done. But on Monday, Bristol District Attorney Sam Sutter beat them to it and dropped the charges. Climate change is one of the gravest crises our planet has ever faced. 
In my humble opinion, the political leadership on this issue has been gravely lacking. I am heartened that we were able to reach an agreement that symbolizes our commitment at the Bristol County District Attorney's Office to take a leadership role on this issue. Amen. The criminal charges were dismissed and reduced to a civil infraction and a fine. Way to go, lobster boat guys. For much more on all of the stories we covered today and the ones we couldn't get to, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News Report. Oh, I didn't even get to half of the stuff I wanted to today on the broadcast. So I'll point you to bradblog.com where you can read about the uh, Georgia Republican state senator complaining that there uh, is too much voting in areas, quote, dominated by African-Americans. Uh, but of course, he's, he's followed that up to say he was misunderstood. He just wants, quote, more educated voters. Check that out at bradblog.com. Also, if you're in Los Angeles uh, next Wednesday, September 17, I will be appearing after the screening of Pay to Play, Democracy's High Stakes, which I'm in, but it's good anyway. Uh, I will be uh, speaking after that film at the Lemley NoHo 7. The film is now open in both L.A. and New York and much more places. Check out pay2play.nationbuilder.com. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, our soundboard operator, Nadia Richardson, and, of course, all of the callers this afternoon. Until uh, next week, uh, you can find me, of course, on the Twitters at at TheBradBlog and, of course, at BradBlog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. Good night, America.